Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Joe O Show on 670 The Score. First of all, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I get uh, reunited with Tony La Russa, who I had when I was a rookie. And uh, 10 years ago, we won a World Series. So hopefully that, uh, you know, 10 years later, we can do the same. That'd be exciting. Um, but I uh, was in the Twins organization for a little bit. So I was able to see some of these uh, these guys play. And then you see him grow over the years, and then now to come be a part of it when uh, they all seem to be taking the steps to be a really good team. And uh, hopefully I can be a piece that really helps, uh, you know, push forward and uh, make a good playoff run. I think that, uh, you know, I don't think we need to hang any signs on the side of 35th Street, but I think it's pretty clear what our intentions are at this time. Uh, We feel the window is open, and we're now going to be aggressive in as in our efforts to try to put us in our best position to win championships. Now, we want to keep that window open as long as possible, so we don't intend to do anything uh, reckless or too detrimental to our long-term health. But at the same time, we know the chances to win are are rare and uh, need to be properly properly serviced to increase those chances as much as possible. So you expect to win the World Series this year? <laughs> There's probably 29 other clubs that would say the same thing right now, Bruce. Look, we're putting, we, we feel our window to win championships is open. That we're going to do everything in our power to hopefully bring home as many trophies as we can while this window stays open. White Sox GM Rick Hahn and also brand new Sox starter. I'm going to call him the two. I'm going to do that. I keep hearing, oh, the White Sox got a third starter. Yeah, they needed a third starter at the end of the year, but it doesn't mean that Lance Lynn is going to be their second best pitcher in the rotation coming up in the 2021 season, and we'll see if he stays for longer than that. Good evening. Joe Ostrowski here. Sports Radio 670. The score, I'll be here the next two hours. A lot of stuff that I want to get into. Uh, We'll start off with the White Sox in about 20 minutes. We'll check in with my buddy Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine. He always has some strong opinions. He's going to tell us. But the next thing, that's what I love about Josh. He has very high standards. It's like, okay, cool. You got those players. Here's what you must do next because you've been saving money for years and years. So we'll check with Josh uh, 15, 20 minutes from right now in some Bears conversation. I'm mad at the Big Ten, but I totally respect what they're doing. And we knew it was coming today. If you watched any of the committee last night and what they had to say in sliding Ohio State in at number four, and even though they weren't answering any questions about Ohio State, you knew. You knew this was going to happen. Welcome to sports in 2020. We're just going to change the rules whenever we don't like the results. And we saw that happen today, Ohio State. Oh, there's a release. The release is out just so everybody knows. 
yeah, we decided that Ohio State's going to move forward and they're going to play in the Big Ten championship game. I'm looking forward to seeing what that point spread is going up against Northwestern. If you want to call or text, uh, always available here, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767, available on the Twitter machine as well, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. Producing tonight, Brandon Fryer. It's our first time getting a chance uh, to work together. Looking forward to this. Brandon, already an A-plus effort out of Brandon because he contacted me early in the morning. Hey, I'm your producer. Let me know if you need anything. Sometimes it's the afternoon. I'm wondering, I wonder who my producer is. I guess I'll find out at about uh, six o'clock. So I think a lot of people that have a job similar to the one that I do in some markets, the job may become boring at times. Talking about the same crap every day and it's the same few topics. And at times when we weren't sure what exactly Mitchell Trubisky was, you know, before the last year or two, I would say longer than that, but most would not. Some probably were just tired of the topic. And, and thank you, White Sox, because we're not focused in on Trubisky versus Watson on Sunday as of yet. You got us through halfway, halfway through the week. We appreciate that. But it is never boring here. We may have a uh, just about every team that is not ready to win a championship. I will exclude the White Sox from this conversation. When you take a look at every other team in this market, Cubs, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, those are your big ones. I mean, we could talk about Northwestern. Atlanta have a shot if you want to include them with this market, even though Champaign's very far away. And people are fans of so many different college basketball teams in this city. But it's never boring. And none of them are ready to win right now, except for the White Sox. I mean, just think about what's been going on with a couple of teams that really aren't all that competitive. The White Sox, just a little over a month ago, they dug up Tony La Russa. That's one thing I love about covering the Sox, is that whatever rumors you're hearing, I wish I could bet on this stuff. Because whatever rumors you're hearing about the White Sox, whatever the most outlandish idea that is being floated, that's what they're going to do. I mean, who thought that Adam Eaton would be returning to the White Sox clubhouse, and that's what he's going to be doing in 2021? The home team. Just wild. I mean, just a few weeks ago, the future Hall of Famer, Theo Epstein, brings you the championship. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving a year early. What? Free, free agencies around the corner, Thea. Yeah, I'm out. I shouldn't be making these calls. I'm not going to be here. Okay. Oh, yeah, by John Lester and uh, Kyle Schwarber. First act of business for Jed Hoyer. He's going too. It wasn't that long ago. We weren't believing the results on the field. But the Bears are 5-1. and one, And now, as we enter the last month of the year, eh, maybe everybody's out. After a 5-1 start. Oh, you expand the playoffs. They've got to be in after a 5-1 start. No. That's how bad it's gone. Uh, the Bulls are starting a new regime, and that is now less than two weeks away. There's a preseason game a couple of days away, people. Uh, Blackhawks, eh, nobody really cares. They don't even have a team president right now. It, it's wild what is happening in the Chicago sports landscape, and it is never, never, ever boring, especially when you're talking about the White Sox.
Now, I, I unfortunately, we have to revisit this. And that's where we landed when they decided to make the move with Tony LaRusa. And it was evident to anybody paying attention at all that Rick Hahn did not want him to be the manager of this team. Okay, you can fire Rick Renteria, but the big boss is going to make the hire. They seem to be on a mission right now to prove all of you wrong and to prove much of the media wrong, don't they? Now, I know it's time for them to uh, be active in free agency. They started adding last year. Uh, they heard you loud and clear, many of you. Your thoughts on Larusa? Okay, we'll see. And they're putting him in the best position to succeed. They're creating a scenario at 35th and Shields where it would be almost impossible for him to fail. Now, what's failing? That's a conversation we'll have during the regular season. But after going 35 and 25, how much does last year matter? They play, let me put this into perspective for you. Now, I know they probably weren't going to keep that pace up if you played a 162-game season, but 35-25 and 25 is a 95-win pace. You go from 62 to 72 wins, 10, 10 victories, that's a big jump in a rebuild. And then you went from 72 to, okay, we're a 90-plus win team. And now you're adding a number two starter. You're going to push down Dallas Keuchel around down to the number three. And I know it's for one year right now, but I don't know how you can't love this move. Now, Lance Lynn may not be the sexy name, and maybe you're not paying attention to what he's accomplished, but the numbers are staggering what he's done over the last couple of years. He's not one of those guys, that, oh, well, throw 2020 out the window because it doesn't matter, and he had a bad year. Uh-uh. Top six AL Cy Young voting each of the last two years. A 3-3-2 ERA. Remember where he was pitching to. Remember that. Fangraphs war over the last two seasons. Fifth, all of baseball. The names ahead of him. Garrett Cole, DeGrom. I don't even need to mention the first name with these people. Cole, DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bieber. And there's Lynn. Maybe he's your one. That's how big that move is. Maybe he's your one. And I love that they jumped the market. Now, sure, wish I knew what the Reds were asking for Sonny Gray. Great addition. Probably not the best pitcher out there. But if you wanted to get into the Bower sweepstakes, are the White Sox going to land him? Let's be real. I know you have some dreams right now about it. But are they really going to land him? They didn't want to wait and wait. And then at the end, there's nobody to dance with. So, okay. He's going to cost that much? What? He's not considering us or he might consider us? We're going to be one of, I don't know how many teams, six, seven teams in the game? Well, let's get something for sure. Let's not wait on him. And then, okay, then we're going to find out. And then there's nobody left. Let's jump the market. Who cares? Let's do it. We have the Adam Eaton move, and now they're talking about a top-notch closer, which is still big. I mean, even the most, some of these front offices that go to analytics outside of a few teams, even the teams that play all the matchups throughout, 
Okay, your high leverage spot in this game sometimes could be the the fifth or sixth inning, where those are the most important outs. They still believe in closers. Go ask Theo Epstein about it. That's a real thing. And if you land Liam Hendricks, watch out. I mean, the odds right now already, um, some are saying that the White Sox are the second best team in the American League, only behind the Yankees. That's where they put themselves. So, obviously, I love, love the Lynn move. And I don't think that you're going to be regretting the move for Dunning. Now, sure, the results will matter. See if he sticks around. Is he going to be the same pitcher that he's been over the last couple of years? If he is, you got an ace. You don't have a three. You've got an ace. Let's stop saying he's a third starting pitcher. Ace. That's how good he's been. And because he's been in some smaller markets, he hasn't been getting that respect. Now the controversial one, a la La Russa, the Adam Eaton move. My first, my initial reaction upon seeing the news was that, well, they don't give a rip about the culture in that clubhouse. They don't care about it at all. We know his reputation throughout the game. Where did that reputation start? Before he even arrived on the south side, it was in Arizona when he was 23, 24 years old, right? That came over here, and there were some stories that came out. The rest of the roster, not a great culture here, right? Think of the leaders that were here when Adam Eaton was. The man has won a World Series. You just don't want to point to him as one of the leaders in the clubhouse. And I absolutely believe that you can grow from being a professional athlete at 25, 26, 27, like he was when he was here, to 28, 29, 30, and 31. He's in Washington for four years. Were they looking to dump him? I mean, they did at the very end. But were they looking to dump him? Like, this guy's a clubhouse cancer? They won a World Series. So there is a possibility that he has matured. And he's not as good as he was when he was with the Sox. Look at some of the defensive metrics. He's not that same player. If he was, he'd be starting every day. We wouldn't be talking about a possible platoon. That's what it looks like they're going to have. Certainly, I mean, he said that's a good question in interviews that I've heard with him when he said, what's the role going to be? He knows what the role is going to be. Any baseball fan will take a quick glance at these numbers and say, okay, Adam Eaton's going to hit against righties. And in his career, he's got a 365 on base. 801 OPS, 119 way to runs create a plus against righties. Pretty successful. He actually has a little bit of pop there. And then Angle's going to go against lefties. He's better against lefties. Can't hit righties at all, but he can do okay against lefties. And he's really good on defense. So it looks like a platoon situation right now. Now, normally your corner outfielder, you want to see more power, but look at the rest of the lineup. This is a different situation. It's all over the field with the White Sox. Probably a bottom-of-the-lineup guy, too. So I've talked myself into the Eaton. You know, it's actually comparable to La Russa. I, I land in the same spot with both guys, even though they are very different positions. Eaton probably more impactful. We'll see how much he actually plays. But the way I look at La Russa and Eaton, pretty similar, that... With both of them, okay, I didn't think they were the best possible moves they could make. I thought there were other options at manager 
and the same thing at right field, however you end up using Eaton. I thought there were better options. Okay, you didn't get your number one. The White Sox made that clear. According to all the reports, they were talking to a few different corner outfielders. So I don't know that Eaton was turning away their number one. But you can't deny they've upgraded at both spots. A massive upgrade at the manager. And come on, Mazzara? Are you kidding me? And the concerns with Larusa are not his baseball intelligence. Not that he can't win. He's done all that. He's shown you how much of a baseball man he is over the years. It's the other stuff. It's the off the field. It's some things that he said. Is he going to be able to connect with players so many decades younger than him? That's the big question. And Eaton, baseball's a grind. It's not showing up at the ballpark and you're you're hanging out with your teammates for three, four hours a day. No, it's all day. And it's on the road. And you're going to be in the same room with that guy for many, many out most of the day. Is he that same guy? Has he matured? I, I'm giving the Sox a benefit of doubt on this because maybe the Nationals are the only team in baseball that has more information on Adam Eaton than the White Sox. So I'm going to trust the Sox on this one. If he's a problem, get the hell out. Hit the bricks, man. You're not going to come in and mess this up. That's it. And this, the situations are very different because I wouldn't think that the owner got involved here and said, okay, this is my guy. Unless there's a connection between Adam Eaton and Jerry Reinsdorf that I know nothing about. Let's remember that they moved on from Eaton before. <laughs> there are multiple people, a lot of people there that wanted him out. And keep in mind the number of players in that clubhouse that were here when in Eaton's last uh, stint with the Sox. What, there's three of them? So maybe I'm not on an island, but I kind of feel like I am. That the Larusa move, not optimal, but it's a big upgrade. They're, they have a better manager. There are other moves that I'm sure many of you would have preferred instead of Eaton, but he's better than what they've had. So they keep getting better literally every day. At least this week so far. They've been getting better every single day. I just look at that rotation alone right now. Okay, you didn't get Bauer. And then after him, if you're going to play around in free agency, what are you doing? Next guy's Odorizzi. Well, give me Lynn. Give me Lynn instead of overpaying for Odorizzi. I mean, that's where I'm at on that. And you're going from... Okay, after your two pitchers, after Keuchel last year, it was shrug of the shoulders. Cease, Lopez, Dunning. Well, now, after Keuchel, it's not Cease. It's Lance Lynn, and I'd put Lynn higher than Keuchel. It's Kopech. Bit of a wild card, but the ceiling is so high. Now we're getting to Cease. Now we're getting to Lopez. Not 3-4. 5-6. Much deeper. If you can add another arm, now we're going to pit them against some of the better rotations in baseball. If Kopek is what many believe he's going to be, if Cease develops with their new pitching coach, man, 
watch out. Watch out. They're, what, fifth, sixth favorite for the World Series right now. The hype is going to be real, and it's going to be deserved just based on what they accomplished last season. You want to text in 312-644-6767, My name Joe Ostrowski. Let's talk some more White Sox with my buddy Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine. We'll get his thoughts on the moves the Sox have made so far and what they need to do next. Joe Osho, 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. We're in good shape in the front three, we feel like, and we have high hopes, obviously, for Dylan Cease to continue to develop and, and look forward to him working with Ethan. Uh, you know, Michael Kopech coming back will be a nice shot in the arm, and, and Ronaldo Lopez still has a world of talent. Uh, that said, uh, whether it's over the course of the next few weeks or over the course of the summer, uh, we'll still be on the lookout for possible ways to improve the pitching staff. White Sox general manager Rick Hahn, this hour on the score brought to you by Innovative Wellness. Visit InnovativeWell.com. Joe Strowski here, Sports Radio 670, the score. Let's talk more about the White Sox anytime we talk Sox. we got to uh, reach out to Josh Nelson. We've a lot of breaking news involving this team recently. He joins me on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Josh is the host of the Sox Machine podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. Josh, I feel like you always have the pulse of White Sox Nation. <laughs> and I, I I feel once, after I calm down a little bit, I, I don't know if you're amped up. I didn't get a chance to listen to uh, the emergency podcast yet. I, I will, I promise. But uh, so I was curious what you're thinking about this. Like La Russa, after I just took a step back and thought about the whole thing, I'm okay with it. Not that the White Sox are looking for my approval or they give a damn what I think, but I kind of understand where they're coming from, or at least I think I know what the motivation was behind. Uh, we're obviously more so talking about the Eaton move right now. What are you feeling right now after, after these two moves? Well, if you get a chance to listen to that episode, Joe, uh, I have a much different reaction. <laughs> Shocking! <laughs> <laughs> The biggest concern I have with uh-huh. the White Sox deciding on Adam Eaton is that you're jumping ahead of the corner outfield market again, and you are picking Adam Eaton before any other option is signed. And this is exactly what they did last year in San Diego during the winter meetings with no more Mazzara. They decided that Mazzara's our guy. He's our target. Before Castiano signed, before Marcel Azuna signed, before Mookie Betts got traded. And we asked that question last December, why are you jumping ahead of the corner outfield market, trading for Nomar Mazzara? This is a sketchy decision. Shocker, it ended up being a sketchy decision. And now you're doing the same thing again with Adam Eaton. Like, there is the conversation about Adamine as a player, and then there is a conversation about the White Sox bad behavior and habits when it comes to the right field position specifically. This is becoming a sore spot. The other sore spot was third base, but luckily moving Yohan Makata from second to third helped resolve that issue. But the I don't know what it is with this front office and the decision making. <laughs> 
but they are having a world of a tough time right now. I'm trying to figure out right field. And I understand because during the rebuild, we thought really highly of Luis Wasabe, Mike Rodolfo, Luis Gonzalez, and Blake Rutherford. And they may still have their believers within the player development staff. But those four outfielders have not developed at the rate we thought they should be. And honestly, three years ago, I would have told you that maybe one of these four outfielders in their farm system should be ready to go to start games in 2021. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. And I know that there's only one difference maker in this free agency class. That's George Springer. And I think Springer would have been a great addition. That would have been a huge addition for the Chicago White Sox. But again, it's one of those, are they ever going to sign a player to more than $100 million? And they decided by signing Adam Eaton that this is the best corner outfielder we can get for $7 million. So let's roll with it. And I just don't agree with as far as that decision-making. And I think we're going to have this conversation again next year, Joe, on what are the White Sox going to do in right field? And the solutions for next year don't look promising either. So this could be a continuation of a roster issue that the White Sox will have to overcome. I respect that you're not willing to just accept the fact that, oh, we're the White Sox, we're never going to get the number one target out there. And right. uh, you, you put pressure on the team to get Bauer, to go get the best option. I, I think that's exactly what happened with Larusa as well. Now, maybe in their minds that they felt he was the number one option. And we heard that Bruce Bochy was apparently the number two option, according to Bob Nightingale. And if you want to find out White Sox facts, usually you have to go check in with Bob Nightingale to find out what Kenny and Jerry told yep. him. But um, uh, let, let me lay this out for you for Eaton, and I'm trying to make a case, and I'm, I, and I'm clearly trying to be positive. Now, my initial reaction sure. was, boy, they have so much talent there, they don't give a damn about culture, and um, they don't think there, there's an issue here. Now, what, what I believe they're thinking with Eaton is, well, one, they have as much information as almost anyone on Eaton the player, and I assume that they spoke with people in Washington to find out how he's been in recent years. Uh, is there a chance that he matured? I absolutely believe so, because this rep started when he was 23-24 in Arizona, carried over to here when there were no leaders in the clubhouse when he was 25-27. to 27. Then he had leadership in Washington Maybe I'm mistaken, but I didn't hear a ton about him being a problem. He's not going to be the main one of the main cogs of this lineup. I'm not sure how much he's going to play. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think most people would say that, you know, not even for professionals, just for adults, there's a maturing process going from your 20s to now approaching his mid-30s. He's going to be 32 this upcoming season. And I, I don't think we can deny, you mentioned it's always been a problem right field, and you're right, but I also don't think, even though he's not the same defender, he whatever role he's going to have in right field is certainly an upgrade over Mazzara. There's the two things to watch for with Adam Eaton in order for this signing to be successful for the White Sox. One, he's got to play more than 100 games. And to the White Sox credit, when he was in Chicago, they did a very good job of keeping him healthy. Wasn't the case in the first two years with Washington. He had the torn ACL. That was a fluke injury. Uh, And then he didn't play much as far as in 2018. But they got to keep him healthy. 
Because if you give this guy $7 million with a $1 million buyout on a club option next year, you got to get more than 100 games. If he twists his ankle, he pulls his hammy, and he spends half the season on the injured list, this signing is a failure. Because now you're, you're having to play Adam Engel every single day, regardless of the platoon advantage. And that could really hurt his overall production value in the 2021 season. The second metric is the walk rate. And you mentioned it before I joined with his career on base percentage being in the mid 360s. And that's going to be the benefit for the White Sox. And he's typically been in a 9 to 10% walk rate, which for the White Sox is amazing. Uh, as a team, they usually walk like 6.5-7%. They're always towards the bottom of walk rate in the league, even though how good the offense was last year. However, Adam Ean did not walk a lot in 2020. And I know it's the small sample size season. He only played 42 games. But I'm curious on what was the difference in this particular season for him than previous seasons to see such a significant drop to go from 9% to below 7%. And the White Sox really need the Adam Eaton who could walk 10% of the time he goes to the plate. Because as long as he continues to get on base, he will help the White Sox offense continue as far as their rallies and give them scoring opportunities. But those are the two key metrics. And if he doesn't walk and he can't stay healthy and doesn't play, I know it's just $7 million, Joe. And $7 million is not a lot in baseball. No. But it would be essentially the White Sox burning up $7 million for a solution in right field that I think that there, were, there are better options right now for the corner outfield spot. And they decided that we have to make this, this decision now in early December and Adam means our guy. 2016, his defensive run saved plus 27, the outlier yeah. of his career. What has happened yeah. since? Is it age? Is it injuries? What's gone on with the, his defense? Well, since 2016, we got better ways to track defensive run saved and defensive metrics thanks to the eye in the sky with StatCast. Uh, so I think that's yeah. mostly it. We are continuing okay. to refine as far as defensive metrics. So, yeah, it's, it's an outlier. But I'll say this. He's a much better right fielder than he was in center field. And that even showed when he was with the White mm-hmm. Sox. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, can, can we agree with this on Eaton? And, and I'm not saying that we disagree at all. Because um, I'm, I'm just choosing to, uh, I guess, be a little more positive. You're staying positive. Yes. I, well, I th- I think so. See, here's here's the thing, Josh. They're putting Larusa in a spot where it's going to be impossible, <laughs> outside of like five of the wor- five terrible injuries to his five best players. I don't know how he doesn't win ninety games with this roster. That's true because I, I love it, and you mentioned this. I am a huge fan of trading for Lance Lynn, and I agree with you. I think preseason wise, the White Sox have two of the top five American League Cy Young contenders in Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn now. And in a division that's still going to have Jose Barrios and Kenta Maeda as their one-two. And then, of course, Cleveland is going to have the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Shane Bieber and Zach Plesak as their one-two. And they just gave, gave the White Sox fits last year. You need a strong one-two just to be able to win your division, let alone think about how you could line up in the postseason. 
So acquiring Lance Lynn was a terrific idea and a terrific addition, and I think it's really going to pay dividends for the White Sox, more than the thought process of when they traded for Jeff Samarja uh, back in 2015. Josh, I didn't hit on this earlier. I meant to, but I'll, I'll just do it right now because it was quite a buzz on Twitter yesterday when when you see, oh, Adam Eaton, he's now with the Sox, and he just hung up on the radio flagship, the brand new radio <laughs> flagship. Uh, let me clarify a little bit, and I didn't have to to go speak to anyone involved. I'm just speaking on my experiences being a radio host and a longtime producer here at 670 The Score, and he didn't hang up on them. I got to tell you, I... I that was a story because of his reputation, and there were a lot of people that were mad that the White Sox made him the right fielder, and maybe he's going to be one of an- maybe there's going to be another addition. There have been rumblings about that, but mm-hmm. just based just based on what Eaton said, um, you had your allotted time, and I don't think he was mad. He laughed off the Larusa question. He obviously didn't want to to start any headlines here and get people all excited because he's gotten in trouble for doing that in the past, Drake LaRoche. But <laughs> but I, I honestly believe that he, listen, there's breaking news and he's the story. Get him on the air any way you can as a producer. Okay, you yeah. got him on the phone. He apparently was working out. What you say to him, it doesn't matter as long as you get him on the air. I would bet any amount of money that he was he was told, please, Adam, just two, three minutes of your time. That's all we're asking for, from you. We want to congratulate you, all this stuff. Uh, City's really excited, all sorts of BS. That's probably what happened. And he was on the air for a few minutes. He's like, you know what? I want to dodge this question. And I've given them the few minutes that I promised. Uh, that's how I took it. I, I, I didn't look at that and say he hung up on them. Probably not a professional move. Like you finish out the interview, but I thought it was way overblown. Yeah, and we'll see how this season comes along as far as covering the games <laughs> and how often the beat reporters put a microphone in front of them and, and ask him, you know, how is the clubhouse doing? You know, kind of like gravitate to him as being a, a captain. Because you, you mentioned as far as the 2016 season and the lack of leadership in that clubhouse within mm-hmm. as far as the players and their manager, Robin Ventura. I mean, yeah, the stories are ridiculous, and it just really fits on how disastrous the 2016 season was. But Jose Abreu is the leader of that clubhouse, especially for the Latin players. They gravitate to him, and he is the reigning American League MVP. Tim Anderson is the face of the Chicago White Sox, and the media gravitates to him. And if you want a good soundbite or a good quote, Ask Lucas Giolito. Giolito's terrific. Oh, he's with the, the best. media. Yeah. So I, he's not going to be front and center. But the concern again <laughs> is can the White Sox get better production in right field, or are we going to be in this same place again in 2000, looking ahead to the 2022 season? And they very well could be. It was interesting because Ozzy was on this morning with Mullion Hall, and he's like, yeah, people want Abreu to be the leader because he's the best player, but he's not. He doesn't really care. <laughs> he doesn't care who you bring in. He just wants to play baseball. Uh, Joe Ostrowski with Josh Nelson, Sports Radio 670, the score, SoxMachine.com, at SoxMachine underscore Josh. Hendricks as the closer. Is it happening? 
You know, there's a lot of whispers, and it is getting louder uh, as far as speaking with others. Because the virtual winter meetings is so odd. You know, I, I got the opportunity to experience it last year in San Diego. All it is is that you're pretty much just hanging out in the hotel lobby. It's a good networking opportunity. You get to meet other writers from the other ball clubs and around mm-hmm. the country. Uh, but there seems to be a lot of juice uh, regarding as far as Liam Hendricks to the Chicago White Sox, that this is the guy that they are willing to spend some cash in this offseason to replace Alex Colomay. And Colomay did a good job as the White Sox closer, but Hendricks does it in a different manner. And with the White Sox focusing on high-velocity arms in their bullpen, I mean, just, just drawing this up, if you go from Lance Lynn and he gets you to the sixth inning, and he hands the ball off to Cody Hoyer. And Hoyer hands it off to Garrett Crochet. And Crochet hands it off to Aaron Bummer. And then he, Bummer hands it off to Hendricks. I mean, all of them uh-huh. are throwing 98. They're all throwing 98. And Crochet's going to pump 100. And then Bummer's got his nasty slider. And as the opposing team, when you get into the ninth inning, how are we going to come back? Well, here's the reigning American League reliever of the year. So if they get Liam Hendricks, I am a big fan of the White Sox pitching staff, and I think they have patched up what they needed to from the 2020 season, and I like their chances in 2021 as far as winning the American League Central because the bullpen would be, the bullpen would be really strong. And we'll see how, what Ethan Katz can do with Dylan Cease, and we'll see where Michael Kopech is physically and mentally because it's been a long time since he's pitched in a game. And, of course, we can't forget Ronaldo Lopez. But yeah. as a White Sox fan, you got to feel a lot more comfortable if they do get Hendricks, whether that's like a three-year, $42 million deal that's more than what Will Smith signed with the Atlanta Braves last year. If it's that type of contract to bring in Hendricks, I understand why they would spend more cash on Hendricks, bring him in, than trying to sign a corner outfielder missing out on George Springer. I still think there's better options than Adam Eaton, but I understand why they would bring in somebody like Hendricks because that type of impact arm can help shore in the games and gives you a better opportunity to win games started by Dylan Cease, Ronaldo Lopez, and Michael Kopech. If all you're asking from them is just give me five quality innings, our offense is strong enough. If we got the lead, we feel comfortable bridging the gap to Hendricks. It's... Um... It's really apparent that what they're doing, and we, we all knew the holes on this roster, and many Sox fans, understandably, wanted them to attack a little bit at the last trade deadline. They opted not to, but they're really attacking these holes that ended the season, the, the postseason, probably way too early here by adding depth to the rotation and bolstering up that bullpen. If you get Hendricks, that is huge. Do, today, Josh, if this is... The rotation, and this is your outfield going into the season. Are you okay Mm -hmm. with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. There's a lot of smoke, Joe, on the Indians trading Francisco Lindor. That is the most mind-blowing thing to me still, just as mind-blowing as the Boston Red Sox trading Mookie Betts. Oh, they're going to do it. They're they're, they're absolutely going to trade him. Why why would you have to? Don't you if you're Cleveland? Yeah, because you're not gonna you're not gonna resign him, right? Like this is the time. Like if you're gonna try to get the best package possible, this is the time, and that greatly enhances the White Sox chances. Cleveland, I'm sorry, Kansas City has made some smallish moves that will make them more interesting, 
but I don't think it pushes them into the 75 win range coming to next season. So as soon as Cleveland pulls the trigger and they move Lindor, this is a two-team race. And we have to pay attention to how the Minnesota Twins address as far as their roster and what additions they make because the White Sox got Grandal, they signed Josh Donaldson. The White Sox get Dallas Keuchel. The Twins got Kenta Maeda. The White Sox got Lance Lynn. And if they get Liam Hendricks, how did the Minnesota Twins counter? It's going to be wait and see. Mm. But if you loved on how it was in the early 2000s between the White Sox and Twins as far as a two-team race in the American League Central, it's really setting up to be like that in 2021. Josh, is there anything else that Sox fans should be looking at right now? Anything else that's uh, really important with this team? What's going on with the roster right now? Anything front office stuff? Well, I think pay attention to the Michael Brantley market. I know that Bob Nightingale sent out a tweet that the White Sox had interest in Michael Brantley, but they're not closing the door as far as that possibility. And again, I would love that move for the White Sox if he became the DH and he was there for a couple years while Andrew Vaughn got back up to speed and I don't discount the White Sox from adding another starting pitcher on a similar deal that they had for Gio Gonzalez one year from the five to seven million dollar range you need starting pitching depth and Mm -hmm. after Cease, Kopech and Lopez that's only six starting pitchers then you got Jimmy Lambert injury concerns Jonathan Seaver he's only he pitched some in 2020 but he his experience is mostly in high A there's a gap there for the White Sox as far as starting pitching depth. And if you can bring in a fourth starter and not put so much pressure on Michael Kopech to be ready after such a long layoff to be that number five starter or put Ronaldo Lopez into the bullpen, it'll give, some White Sox, give the White Sox some much-needed starting pitching depth to start the 2001 season. And then eventually – you can replace this starting pitcher with the Michael Kopech when he's ready and if anybody else gets injured along the way. So that, that's what I would be focusing on right now, the three things, the Liam Hendricks market, the Michael Brantley market, and the White Sox possibly getting a cheap-ish second starting pitcher. <laughs> Fun times, man. Josh, before you know it, we're going to be talking about MOB win totals. We are, and I'm excited. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see over under ninety and a half wins for the. Oh White my Sox. gosh! I, yeah, I can't. I can't remember the last time it's ever been that high. And we may have the discussion, Joe. Is this too low? And as a White Sox fan, you got to be thrilled and you got to be excited about it. There's so much potential. This is what the rebuild was building towards. If you still want to make the comparison, 2021 could be the 2016 Chicago Cubs season. You knew that they were building up to that moment, uh, and maybe 2021 can be the same type of season for the Chicago White Sox. Sure, there's some drama, but there's a lot more to be excited about what's happening with the Southside baseball team. Josh Nelson, SoxMachine.com. Josh, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, appreciate you listening to Butt Sweats, too. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Josh? Nelson there at Sox Machine underscore Josh on Twitter. I want to revisit something that Lance Lynn said on the Danny Parkin show about the brand new manager. He has experience. He's played under him before. I want to revisit something he said. I think it's important for a lot of Sox fans uh, to, to take a listen to it in case you miss it. That is next. Joe Ostrowski here. This is Sports Radio 670, the score in the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670, the score and 670, the score.com. Chicago Sports Station. 
Joe Osho, 670 the score. So are people going to be mad if I keep saying how Lance Lynn's really their number one starter? I know we all love Lucas Giolito and love to hear him talk baseball. Has a no-hitter. Fantastic, but that's how good Lynn is. Honestly, none of it really matters. I know that's a question that people ask. What about if you're the two? What about if you're the three? And, you know, I've done it too. But after the first week, until you get to the playoffs, does it really matter all that much? Probably not. Uh, Joe Osho, 670. The score with you till 8 o'clock. Then we've got Bears replay. Going to bring you Bears lines. I quickly mentioned it uh, during the Josh Nelson conversation. Always fun visit with him. And uh, he's a little little harder on the Sox. He's annoyed with the, how they handle the right field position. I can certainly understand why through years and years of it being an issue. But I, I did want to address that. I thought, I thought it was a raw deal, man. And I know he's got the negative rep here in the city, but he did not hang up on the station across the street if you listen to the interview. He told them, I'm going to go. You, you asked for a couple minutes. I gave you a couple minutes. I don't want to answer the question about Larusa. I don't know where you guys are coming from, what your opinion is. That's basically what he was saying. Like, yeah, I would go. He laughed it off. I gave you your few minutes that I promised. That's it. I thought it was unfair. I saw that everywhere. Oh, I had a meeting. He comes back to the city. People didn't like him here to begin with. People hate him. Just ask Ozzy. And then he hangs up on the uh, flagship. No, that's not how it went if you actually listen to the interview. Sure, that gets you some retweets on Twitter, but that's not how it went down. All right, we'll, we'll get back to Ozzy, because he was, he was terrific this morning on Mullion Hall about his thoughts on Eaton, what he really meant by it. And, you know, the more I hear from people like Ozzy talk to people in that clubhouse, not really the teammates as much. He wasn't talking about teammates. It's other people. Should we be concerned about clubhouse people that don't like Adam Eaton? A lot of this stuff's overblown. Uh, a lot of it. But, I mean, what is the role going to be? That's a good question. I don't know that Eaton really understands it 100%. Probably a platoon player. I don't know that they're going to go and get another outfielder. But we'll see. Sox are a fun team. A lot, of, a lot of crazy things happening. Whatever you think they're not going to do is what the White Sox end up doing time and time again. also want to get into some Bears chatter next. My thoughts about what's happening or what's going to happen, not going to happen by the time we get to the end of the season. I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.